Fox Sports 1498.3 FM presents Start Your Engines. Here's your race team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Track reporter and racing insider, Nelson Crozier. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. Now, here's your host for Start Your Engines. Racing historian and author, Perry Allen Wood. Good morning and welcome to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg from the Beacon Drive-In Studios. And uh, we got the whole crowd in here this morning. We don't have enough headphones to go around for some reason because I left mine in the car. And my car is at Mako. So uh, we'll get by with what we got. But Ronnie Black's here pushing the buttons and uh, Gene's over there. How you doing this morning, Gene? Uh, I'm doing good. Uh, glad to see you back, Greg. Yeah, I'm back. I had a pretty rough time there, but Barkmore Regional got me fixed up. And until I mess up again, I guess I'll be in good shape. Good, good. Good to have you back, Greg. And uh, we um, miss you when you're not here. Oh, it, I know it, y'all just laid awake at night. Well, I did. I had to find somebody <laughs> to get on the show. Well, okay. I had to but. find a guest, and I don't usually have to do that. So uh, we uh, had Chuck Piazza, who did a great job last week. And Chuck's a good guy. Ain't he? He's a great guy. And he, and he can drive a race car. Well, he, it's been five years since we had him on the show. So we, uh, you know, that's that's too long. That's way too long. He, he's a good race driver and, and a super good, super good guy to get along with. But today we've got a special guest coming up in our second segment. Um, Chris Ferguson, who is a dirt track specialist, expert from around this area. I think he's from Mount Holly, North Carolina. The genes lined up for us. That's right. Uh, Chris is a, a well-known uh, dirt super late model racer. Uh, he's uh, got wins, uh, Carolina Clash Series, uh, Lucas Oil, uh, World Outlaws, Ultimate, uh, former Ultimate. Uh, super late model champion, so he's he's real well known, good guy. Well, we look forward to talking to him about twenty after. But um, as far as NASCAR goes, we got a couple of streaks going on right now in the Xfinity series. Christopher Bell won his third race in a row, which is getting reminiscent of uh, other streaks, and that was the first time anybody had won three in a row since uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. I believe back in like 1999 or 2000 or somewhere in there. And um, it's only one shy of Sam Ard, who won four in a row. That's right, Sam won four. four, Sam won four in a row. And so Christopher Bell will be uh, going for that this afternoon about 3 o'clock at uh, Watkins Glen. So we'll see what kind of road racer he is. But he's a a heck of an Xfinity driver to to win three of those things in a row. It makes you wonder if... uh, Kyle Bush was sick or something, because he usually those are like benefit races for him. But, but he's not sick, and Christopher Bell's doing a heck of a job. Yeah, they got they got uh, they got some of those young guys coming along uh, uh, real good. One thing of note: Did everybody see the brake drum? Well, brake, I was getting brake, to that one next. Caliper explode. Yeah, Darrell Wallace's car. That was what I was hey. getting to uh, next. Hey, I, I was go gonna, ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say that, that that was the other streak I was going to bring up was that uh, the Big Four is continuing to win. With um, every week, it's either uh, Kyle Busch or Kevin Harvick, and 
And this last week, it was uh, Kyle Busch again won the race and uh, actually beat out uh, Daniel Suarez, who was on the pole. And Daniel, uh, I mean, he came real close to winning that race in, uh, in the other Gibbs car. And in fact, let me mention that Christopher Bell drives for Gibbs, too. But uh, yeah, Greg, that's what I was going to get to next. And probably the big buzz of the whole week was... Uh, there pretty late in the race when uh, Bubba Wallace came down the front straightaway and, and you could just see that brake explode. So, uh, yeah, tell us about that, Greg. That uh, makes for a catastrophic uh, problem. It, it When that happened, uh, like I say, it, that, not like we used to because usually I was at the racetrack anyway, but, but since we've been out racing, if you see something pretty up to something super good or super bad, uh, my brother Daryl called me on the phone or my brother Brent. And that just goes to show what happens and how important brakes are on a race car. You know, it's like you know, I used to have a saying, it's one thing to make the thing, give it horsepower and make it go. But just as important, you got to make it whoa. <laughs> and, uh, it, you know, he look at the distance he traveled. Yeah. You know, with, with no brakes. See, when he hit that pedal and that rotor exploded, he had no brakes. He's it's just like in the little rascals, they freewheeling. And he still hit a ton. Thank goodness he, he, he was okay. Uh, but it's reminiscence of, of, of us losing a driver at Riverside. And, um, in 1964 with 19, Joe Weatherly, same thing happened. Weatherly. Not the, exactly the same thing, but the end result was no brakes going into no, a... No brakes going into five, and he's straightened. Which was a right-hand turn, so he was... Yeah, he's straightened five out. Deliberately hit the tires on the inside, anything. And when he got turned six, it was just... Uh, it might have been better if it had been head-on. But either way, boom, it was just such a, such a vicious lick. And uh, like I say, Bubba Wallace hit and when they hit and they bounce off the wall back down the track. So this goes to show NASCAR has done a heck of a lot with safety, and uh, that was a that's another feather in their hat. I tell you what, the, the seats and everything held up, and he he got out of the car, but once he, when he first got out of the car, he, you know he kind of fell down. Well, I saw it, the safer barrier, uh, even though he uh, coursed a heavy. Impact with the safer barrier, but they showed where he still cracked a concrete wall behind the yeah. safer barrier. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah if, if he hits just concrete, you know, uh, he might not be with us. I mean, there were other safety factors that contributed to his not being injured, like the, the seats, the way they had the seats and, and, and the, the headrest and the, the Hans car, device and everything. The way it hit, it kind of hit in his favor a little bit. Well, it but, pancaked uh, the, others, the, the, the right side. And a lot of stuff gave. Yeah, that's the thing. When the car looks real bad, that's soaking up that inertia. And strangely enough, that's also in a place where we had a, a uh, it was not a, a deadly wreck by no means, but Earnhardt hurt his uh, ankle or his leg. He broke it, didn't he? Well, we can't say that. Well, right he's dead. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, he did. It broke his leg. It was 36 and, years ago. I think we can let the cat out yeah, of the bag I believe now. We let the cat out of the bag, but he, he started Tyler Day the next week with a broke leg, but. He hit about the same spot, about, about not Eli Gold, who was in that little bubble thing. Was it Eli or Barney or somebody? Mm-hmm, I don't remember. Anyway, and that thing went to turn it over. And I said, oh, no, this got to be bad. That was and, with uh, and, Tim Richmond. And 
that was the time he would come over the radio and Bud's hollering and saying, saying, caution, caution. Yeah, I see. They said, come on in. We're going to put all four on it. We said, well, tell, tell Harold and them come on down here, turn one and get to it real easy. He said, because the caution's us. But uh, And the car's upside down. Yeah, and the car's upside down. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that, that's, uh, that was a pretty... Pretty pretty neat deal, and uh, well, they uh, the thing about it is, and 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 Bubba even mentioned this when they interviewed him when he got out of the the care center there. That uh, of course you're you're, and I think I mentioned this on uh, on this same show when it happened to uh, Jimmy Johnson a couple of years ago. Your first instinct is to get away from the wall, and that's when they they go flying down through the apron and cutting across the grass and everything where. And Bubba said that you just don't have time to think to uh, to get up close to the wall, and if you don't have any brakes, just scrape along the wall and let that scrub the speed off instead of trying to get away from the wall and then coming back at it at an impossible angle. Yeah. And and it's you know could have easily taken some other cars with him yeah. if the if the timing hadn't have been just right. Yeah, that 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 is true, Perry. And one thing of note, and any time a driver hits the wall really really hard. You know, you got a chance of the concussion thing, uh, a broke bone, or, or different things. But it usually affects the driver at least for a while. But I can say with the Earnhardt situation, uh, we all flew back together, and by twelve o'clock the next morning, we all had the motor out of the car. You know, and seeing what wasn't fixable. You know, and. Earnhardt come down there with one of his buddies, showing him how the roll bars held up and laughing, cutting up. You know, he it, it, some drivers that type of stuff just absolutely just didn't affect them. I remember that car sitting behind y'all's shop for a long time. And I mean, it, I, I'm not going to say years, but it sat back there for a good bit of that, that season because every time I'd ride by, you could see it. And Earnhardt's on crutches the very next day, on uh, the Monday, with one of his buddies. And they wasn't talking about the wreck all that much. I mean, you know, he was pumping the brakes. One of them brake issues again. Uh, of course, we didn't totally lose the brakes, but but for him, you know, to come down there and just look at it and uh, uh, bring a buddy with him and everything, that, that's the sign of a real race driver. In Bubba Wallace's case, now he says when he went through the tunnel turn, like a half a lap before that happened to him, he was pumping the brakes then. Right. And um, so he had a problem, and then and then through the tunnel turn, and then that long turn three, um, and then when he gets on the longest straightaway in NASCAR, you know, he starts pumping the brakes again, and, and that's when it just blew up on him. So uh, it was... Uh, it was a catastrophic failure, and, and we're lucky that he's uh, not injured at all. And they were showing yesterday, I was watching uh, one of the NASCAR shows that, that come on, comes on Fox or one of those uh, cable channels, that uh, some of the accidents they've had at, at Watkins Glen. Of course, I mean, we know they had the fatal one there a few years ago with uh, J.D. McDuffie. Uh, actually, it's been 20-something years ago now. What they caused them to reconfigure the backstretch and put the the bus stop in there, the chicane. But um, it's ruined a racetrack. But they that track has got some some really narrow spots and some bad angles with the rails and things. They've had some some horrific crashes lately. With uh, you know the with the Hendrix cars, I, I know have been in a few of them, and um, 
So that's coming up this weekend at Watkins Glen, and that's a, it's a fun track to drive, but it's a dangerous track. It is. It is and it's a fast road course. It's a very fast road course. When you have those sweepers, uh, Watkins Glen speed-wise reminds me more of Riverside. Uh, Sears Point has got a few fast spots, but... I don't think it's quite, I don't think it's as long as... But it ain't even in the same league with Watkins Glen and Riverside. The only thing I thought would be interesting is uh, if they wanted to really try something different. I know they do it with the smaller cars. We didn't, we didn't run it in Trans Am even, is run the boot. You know, they got a boot over there where they, they run the smaller cars, which makes the track about a half mile longer. Mm -hmm. But, uh... They'd have to really go over. They'd have to go get them some Formula One drivers, and some really finesse guys to do that. Um, the uh, another thing I want to mention about Watkins Glen: the first time they raced there, and I, I'm sure it's. I know the configurations changed a lot since 1957, but the first time they raced there was in 1957 when uh, Buck Baker won driving your father's car, driving Bud Morris 57 Chevrolet. And they didn't come back for seven years until 1964. And who should win again but Bud Moore with uh, Billy Wade. And that was when Billy Wade got on that streak. Speaking of streaks, when he won four in a row, which uh, had never been done in the history of NASCAR. Nobody had ever won four in a row when Billy Wade did it on that Northern Tour um, that summer. So um, That was Bud, an exciting time. Bud Moore has a, had a heck of a history. At Watkins Glen, and so that is the Xfinity race today at 3 o'clock, and then I think at 3, or probably coming on the air, I believe at 2.30 tomorrow, will be the cup race at Watkins Glen. So uh, that'll be some good viewing, and I love the road courses, but we're going to take a break right now and come back and talk to Chris Ferguson. You're listening to Fox Sports Spartanburg. Start your engines. Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. Jerry, the Beacon opened back in 1946. How many years have we been serving great food at great prices? Hey, Plante. 70 years? How many folks are we still serving every week? Hey, Plante. Well, like you always say, I like my job, but I love my customers. But can you say something other than hey, Plante? All it. Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John White Boulevard in Spartanburg, where the food is still always good since 1946. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Welcome back to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg, 1400 AM and 98.3 FM. And it's our pleasure to bring on our celebrity guest uh, of the week. None other than Chris Ferguson. Good morning and welcome to Start Your Engines, Chris. Good morning, man. Thank y'all for having me on. Uh, good morning, Chris. This is Gene. Uh, uh, glad you come on with us this, this morning. I know you uh, said you was going to take a little mini vacation. I, we appreciate you taking the time out to talk to us. Because um, I was going to give a little background, a little uh, background in case uh, a lot of listeners don't know uh about you but uh you've got uh 68 super late mile wins uh been running super late miles since 2009 uh 
had a 2011 Ultimate Super Late Mile Championship, uh, two-time World Carton Association National Champion. Uh, just a great background, dirt. Uh, part of a family-owned team. Your dad heads the team up. Your brother's the crew chief. Uh, you drive it. Your mom's in the souvenir wagon. It's a whole family deal. Uh, you just uh, touch on, tell us a little bit uh, more about your background. Do we have him? Uh, yeah. uh, Chris, Chris, we're having trouble hearing you, bud. Uh, how about now? Yes. That's a lot right, better. Now we <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm up here at, uh, in Mooresburg, Tennessee, and uh, these big old shops up here, they're a little spotty in these metal buildings. <laughs> but uh, Stay right where you are. <laughs> yeah, Sounds good. <laughs> um. But yeah, I kind of I grew up in a racing family. Uh, my grandpa raced six cylinders back in the uh, old Concord dirt days and Hickory days. And uh, my grandpa he raced uh, I don't know, for a long time. And the same thing with my uncles and my dad. And uh, really, a lot of my family, my uncle Doug Sanders and Gene Sanders, they both raced at, at Cherokee Speedway and Carolina Speedway and a lot of tracks in the southeast and. Uh, just kind of followed in a lot of their footsteps and uh, kind of carved out our own path. And very fortunate to uh, be able to go do some of the things we've do, done and, and race at uh, some places like Eldora, places that I never thought that we'd ever make it to and and uh, accomplish some of the goals that we've already done uh, being 28 years old I'm, that I'm proud of. Well, Chris, a lot of us have a bucket list that we want to do before we get through with, with this old dirt ball. Is there a racing bucket list that you, you haven't checked anything off of? Yeah, I mean, there's a handful of uh, things that I still feel that that I would uh, like to accomplish. Um, I've been very fortunate to win a couple of the World of Outlaw races and uh, a Lucas Oil race, but... I would love to win one of them big races at Eldora, the Dream 100 or the World 100, or uh, any of the crown jewels in the in the dirt racing world, like the North-South 100 or uh, USA Nationals or the Dirt Track World Championship. That's that's uh, that's one of the bucket lists, along with maybe even winning one of those races at the World Finals in Charlotte. That would that would definitely be uh, a couple of them that would be on it, and I think that. That bucket list is, uh, I got a long way to go. Well, Chris, do you have any aspirations to run, uh, maybe someday the, the truck series in NASCAR or Xfinity or even Cup? I would say when I was younger, I did. Um, uh, you know, I'm 28 now, and I've actually, uh, I'll be honest with you, I've, I've really, over the years, I've, I thought I, I wanted to do that and run some truck or ARCA nationwide and, uh, and I, I think I've, over the years, I've really, my passion for dirt late model racing kind of grew, outgrew my love for wanting to go uh, any higher in the sport. Um, you know, a, a lot of people that race these things, there's a handful of guys who do it for a living, but this dirt late model thing, everybody, you know, you, you got so many big races now and you, you travel across the United States and. Um, 
it's just so challenging that uh, as far as the driving side of it and also the setup and, and not just that but really not having rules a lot of the time you know we're pretty open on motors and suspension and uh i think you know the last four or five years my passion for this has just outgrew my passion for wanting to do anything else so that's I think that's where I'm at now in my racing career. I'm, I'm content with what I'm doing. I just want to become the best at it. Well, th- that's why I, I hesitated to even ask the question because, I mean, at the, the, you're at a high level as far as I'm concerned. And when you're racing and winning at the level that, that you are right now, you know, it's, I mean, why, why move? <laughs> you know, unless, <laughs> especially if you, if you, don't have the the fire to do that anymore because you're uh, where, I think where you are right now is a look sounds like a and looks like a good spot to be. Yeah, definitely. And I, like I said, I think um, you know I'm on the I feel like personally I think that I'm on the verge of, of winning some of those uh, maybe even taking a step in the right direction on winning some of those bu- bucket list races and uh, them races guys like you know Freddie Smith. Um, you know, Scott Bloomquist, uh, man, so many people um, that's just been legends in our sports. One, that, that it doesn't seem that far away. I mean, it's, and I think that if I keep working at it and keep learning more about what these cars do, and, and uh, you know, that's kind of got my, my heart and really got me pumped up about trying to go out there and win some of them races because I've been close uh, I've been getting better in them every year and, and it's just one of those things you know when you become somebody like you know the Jeff Purvises of our sport I think it's a big deal and and uh, man I, I just got to keep working and eventually it'll happen well, Chris one of the things that all levels of racing has in common is the difficulty these days of getting sponsors. Do you have any that you've had for the whole ride or any that have been especially good to you or would you just like to mention in general your sponsors? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's actually pretty cool. I, you know, I'm a firm believer that if you, uh, if you treat somebody good over the years and, um, you know, you treat them fair and, and for me, I've been very fortunate to uh, be able to have some sponsors that i've had since i was racing go-karts and uh you know I, I think that if you bring them on and you treat them like family and and they they understand what your goal is and you understand what their goal is uh you're able to keep them around for a long time and uh i've been very fortunate to have uh two or three of them when i started racing go-karts in 2005 i believe it was actually 2004 I still have two of them on my car now that were with me back then. And, um, you know, and I've been very fortunate over the last four or five years to really get some significant sponsors that's allowed me to go race and travel more. And, uh, you know, there's so many of them now. I mean, I'm in a sport that is very hard that it takes, takes a lot of money to, to go out and travel. Um, and, and naturally, there's tons of dirt late model drivers. Uh, I've been very blessed to be able to, to keep sponsors and not just that, but bring on new, new ones. And, and uh, I got a couple of them that are, they're all based around Charlotte. Actually, about all of them based around Charlotte with the exception of a, 
few of them, but um, you know, I got a guy who used to race, uh, used to race uh, at Hickory and race with um, oh, just all kind of people. His name was Phil Nine, and uh, you know, he's one of my biggest sponsors. And then the same thing, I have a trucking company that sponsors me, K and K Trucking, and the owner of that used to race go karts. And then I got a trailer, uh, RPM Trailers, which. Uh, the owner of that, Brad Sellers, was was the uh, he was basically the general manager of Ultramax Go Karts when I was racing go karts, and they sponsored me go karts. So it's a uh, it's a pretty crazy world, but but you know, in, in auto racing and, and motorsports in general, you got to have these people. And um, I know there's a lot of teams out there that that do struggle to find sponsors, but I feel like for the most part, I've been able to kind of you know, keep keep a good bit of them. That's really helped me accomplish what we've done so far. Uh, Chris, uh, touching on uh, like how things have gone. Like this year, you started out on the World Outlaws uh, Craftsman Lake Mile Series Tour. You was running rookie, uh, running for Rookie of the Year, and uh, things that you didn't quite get the results you was wanting. Here in about June, uh, y'all decided to pull off the tour. Uh, you were running the Rocket Chassis. Uh, you decided to go. With the sweet Bloomquist chassis, uh, you mentioned you being in Mooresburg uh, this morning. Uh, so I know you're at Planet Zero working on that car. How is that coming along? When when do you think you're going to be able to get back to the track? Well, I'm hoping. Uh, I'm hoping we're going to be back this week, if not the next week. Um, it's been it's been a blast. I've been very fortunate to. Uh, I don't think Scott works with a lot of people, and and. Uh, to be able to learn from one of the the best of all time, the same thing. Uh, I, I don't think you can. I don't know. It's just you can't pass up that opportunity. And and uh, you know, I was I was I won. Man, I've won some really good races with my rocket cars. I was able to get my first Lucas Oil Series win with it. And and uh, but when we built a new one this year, it just wasn't working for me. And and then this opportunity kind of presented itself and. And we've been up here for two weekends straight now, finishing a car. And, and man, it's it's cool to see uh, Scott Bloomquist, a, a guy that I remember when I was eight years old, going to Cherokee Speedway and watching him win UDTRA races and have a Tampa races. And to see somebody like that over there turning wrenches on my race car, <laughs> uh, and I think it's pretty. Uh, that is neat. And it, yeah, it's, there's nothing like it. You know, it's just. I never thought it would happen. That's the thing about uh, dirt racing, that even though you're big time, I mean, you're at the top of the sport, super dirt late mile racing, I mean, you guys still drive the haulers to the racetrack a lot of times or, or take a shift driving the hauler. You'll put the cars together yourself. I mean, y'all all know how to run sheet metal brakes. You know how to, you know, uh, run a shock dyno. I mean, you got to be the full package, not just drive the race car and or you do it like you say. I mean, you are the one, along with Scott Bloomquist and and you know a, a handful of others. I'd imagine you're the one that's building the car. It's not like you've just ordered the car or your crews. You know, everybody's a volunteer on your crew anyway. I mean, y'all all got full time jobs, but you're the one doing the work on the car, and that's I think that's what sets dirt racing apart. I think that's what makes it still so appealing to the average blue collar fan. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what's, um, you know, a lot of people have wondered, 
you know, why this sport, the, the fan base, is just continued to grow over the years, and I think that's a lot, lot to do with it. I think uh, fans of the racetrack can still, um, you know, they can, they still feel like they're in touch with the drivers because you know we're just like they are. We, we, we build these cars as fast as we can, and a lot of us, kind of like myself, we work full time jobs, and and the ones that don't work full time jobs. Racing is their full-time job. It's their job to get their race car as fast as they can, and I think that's what's so appealing to the fan base is just knowing that, um, you know, the best drivers in this sport is also the best crew chiefs. That's right. And, uh, and uh, just to touch on uh, your your full-time job, you're still at Butler, right? Yes, sir. Just building seats for racing, which is, uh, I tell you what, it couldn't have worked out any better. That's right. So if you, if you want to order a good... A good quality racing seat, then you uh, and you call Butler Butler Built Seats, and you might just get you on the phone yourself. A racer talking to racers, you can't hardly beat that. No, and that's the good thing about it. I mean, I with me being a racer, I understand what, what people need, and also you know I understand whenever they tell me they have a race in three weeks and they need a seat, that means they have a race. <laughs> I have to make sure we make something happen, but. It's been very fun because we get to deal. I get to deal with guys like Austin Dillon, Ty Dillon, uh, Kyle Larson, so many of the big names in NASCAR, and then also you know big names in monster truck racing. You know, Tom Mintz, uh, Dennis Anderson, uh, just so many sports that I've got to meet guys from just because we build their uh, safety seats and their full containment seats. It's a really cool job and it's uh it's also got its benefits of um you know getting to network with different drivers and, and different um different types of racing that's got to be cool and uh just so i understood right so y'all are shooting to run the north south 100 as you you first race in the new car in a, yeah hopefully if everything goes good today and we can get everything plumped up and get uh everything finished up on the car and we get to go shake it down i I would love to go to the north south that's just a fun fun week of racing i got you i got you uh well uh chris i just want to say that uh i know we took you away for a little while from working on the car but uh sure appreciate you coming on to to talk to us and uh and wish you the best of luck you know as always look forward to seeing you at the at the tracks real soon I appreciate you guys having me on, and I uh, love racing around home. So anytime I'm I'm near uh, Charlotte, Gaffney, or Spartanburg, I, I'm very fortunate to have a lot of fans that come out and watch us race. So we look forward to being back after this. I think it's been four or five weeks that we've had off, and uh, just just itching to get after it. And and uh, like I said, thanks for having me on. All right, thank you, Chris, and uh, and have a good one, buddy. Thank you. Thank y'all. And uh, that's going to. Uh, Include our interview with uh, Chris Virgs this morning. We're going to go to break uh, from the uh, live from the Beacon Drive-In Studios uh, with uh, Fox Sports Radio, 98.3 FM, 1400 AM. Hey, man, you're looking for good, clean, late-night fun? Boy, do we have a show for you. I'm KB, and I host Up Late, Planet Earth's only late-night, locally-produced, mid-market sports talk show. So habit forming, you can't fall asleep without it. Uplay with KB, weeknights at 11, only on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. I want to spread the news. 
We spend a lot of time in our cars, so make that time well spent with the help from Elite Audio. Elite Audio on Asheville Highway can upgrade your sound system, add a navigation system, customize your interior, and does custom tires and wheels. And check this out. Elite Audio offers 90 days, same as cash, with no credit check. All you need is an active checking account and proof of appointment. Visit EliteAudioOnline.com or drop by 1504 Asheville Highway in Spartanburg. At Elite Audio, you dream it, we build it. Speedy Love. Nelson Crozier is trackside and ready to go. What's going on at this week's big race? Let's go live to Nelson now. Good morning. Hello. You there? Yeah. Uh, can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you fine. Oh, okay, thank you. Uh, we've got to push the right buttons to make this thing work. Um, well, that was a pretty wild ride for Mr. Uh, Bubba Wallace last week. What did you think about that? And I know we've talked about it this morning. That's reminiscent of some other uh, brake failures at the end of that straightaway at Pocono. Well, when he did, didn't have brakes going down uh, into, turn through, uh, into turn two, pumped them all the way down the front stretch, what do you expect? I mean, if you know you don't have brakes or you're sure you're not going to, ride the wall around. Because think about it, Richard Pettigos used to ride the wall. Somebody asked him why. Because if you hit it, it's not that hard to hit. That's right. But when you're hitting it at a right angle or a 60-degree angle, it's far worse than just brushing up against it. Yeah, no doubt about that, Nelson. And it, it, it just shows that how bad of a situation is. If you lose brakes, I mean, he traveled a lot of distance and covered a lot of territory and a lot of grass. And when he hit the, you know, hit the wall, he still hit it a ton. But I agree with you. You know, Richard always said to ride higher on the racetrack because you didn't build up as much distance. And I remember one of the things that Pearson always said was that if you lost, mainly with the thru, uh, stuck throttle, the biggest thing is don't do nothing to where you 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 can't turn the car. You know, you know, throttle sticking, and I thought that might have been what had happened to him. But uh, like yeah, no, he uh, he was pumping the brakes all the way down the front stretch, overheated the brakes, uh, the rotor disintegrated, and uh, at that point you have no brakes. Uh, you know, my dad didn't even have a, a tire that's up. Yeah, it was um, it was a bad situation, and you can. Uh, you can thank NASCAR for the safety improvements they've made with the uh, with the soft wall and the head restraints and the, the seats and everything. It was just uh, saved it from being a whole lot worse than it could have been. And um, we're going to a track this weekend where they've had some pretty catastrophic accidents there, too. And uh, it's a narrow track and a very fast track. What are your thoughts of Watkins Glen? Well, it, uh, it's a very technical track. You have to know how to drive it. You have to get set up right. Uh, you know, they're out for the first practice of the weekend right now for the cup cars. Uh, the one car is the fastest, the 19th is fifth, fifth fastest. Uh, Denny Hamlin just came in. He's changing the transmission. Well, I, I know that they uh, will have the qualifying. I think it's tonight. Well, it won't be night because they don't have lights. But uh, like at 6 o'clock this evening after the Xfinity race, which I, I thought that was kind of unusual. Right, 635 scheduled qualifying. 
fortunately, the weather right now is great, and I think it's going to be good all day, but uh, had some pretty hard rain yesterday. Well, let's touch on that for a second. What if it does rain tomorrow? I mean, are they prepared to go to rain tires and put on the windshield wipers? They have windshield wipers. They have the rain tires. Uh, and speaking of the windshield wipers, uh, currently, any road course, you can run the windshield wipers. Next year, more than likely, NASCAR is going to mandate no uh, no windshield wipers because there's no uh, no chance of rain or uh, looks like rain so you can run the wipers because some people figured out uh, where to put the windshield wipers you know, what angle on the windshield to get an aerodynamic advantage. I remember that last year or the year before or something and I, I thought that was fascinating the, the angle of the windshield wiper on, a, on the, the cars but I mean is, is there a point where Will, will, will they do it if there's just a little bit of rain, or can it rain too hard for them to even try try to race in the rain? I would love to see it, personally. I, I think the, the Xfinity guys did it a few years ago someplace, and I thought it was very entertaining. Right. I believe that was up in Montreal. Yeah, I thought uh, it was Canada. No, if it, if it rains too hard, uh, they'll red flag it, uh, just like in the sports car race. I mean, if it's too hard to downpour, you're like, put a halt to it. But... Uh, you know, if it's just a steady rain or a drizzle, they'll go ahead and run in it, and that'll make it kind of interesting. Sure will. Now, I so, hope it rains. I'm not fair. I hope it rains. I do, too. I'd love we to race see in it. rain a lot of time with Trans Am, and, and you could have a rain driver and have a situation going, and, and, and the rain could be your, 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 not your enemy, but your, your friend. Also, depending on what you started with at the top of the race, I'm going to say this right quick. Daddy asked a farmer one time in Trans Am, one of the races, says, when do you think it's going to be raining? It'll be raining here in about 15 minutes. He runs the crew out there, put wets on the car, on Ed Leslie's car. About the time they drop green flag, the bottom falls out of it. He drives off and leaves it. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, uh, it makes it in. Yeah, a few more things. Uh, I didn't get to uh, listen to the show earlier, uh, but uh, Tom Higgins uh, Memorial will be on uh, August 11th from 2 to 4 p.m. at the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. Tom was a good friend of all of us in here and um, had him on the show many times. That was, uh, that was a tough loss. Tom was a great guy. Great writer. No question. Uh, you know, he and Barney Hall uh, were the two that really had their finger on the pulse of everything going on. Yeah, it, it, it you know, it's always bad when we lose one of our own, but, uh, yeah. you know, to, to uh, lose time is just, is just uh, and he, even though we knew he was sick, it's still hard, it's, it's still hard itself. That's right. Uh, a few more things need to mention. Uh, Bubba Wallace will be back in the 43 next year. Uh you know, Alex Bowman will be in the 88 for two more years. He had a good uh, race last week. Yes, he did. Uh, 2019 rules will probably be at a half the tracks will be probably similar to what they ran at the All-Star race. Uh, uh, Brian France was uh, on a couple of radio shows this week, and he said that NASCAR is not for sale. The France family is committed to, you know, maintaining control and running it. Uh uh, SMI, uh, you know, Bruton Stracks, their profits were up for the quarter. Uh, you know, the four and the 95 last week, because they filled inspection three times, they both got docked 10 owner points and 10 driver points. Uh, 
The 14 is going to have Cummins as a sponsor for a couple races. Uh, Toyota announced that they are going to run the Supra uh, Coupe as their cup car next year. And uh, the big question is, uh, where are they going to put Christopher Bell? Uh, they want to keep him in a Toyota, so uh, is Furniture Road going to go back to two cars for next year? Are they going to keep Christopher in an Xfinity car for another year? Or something I heard this morning, uh, you know, uh, is Denny Hammond uh, going to be out this year and Christopher Bell going to be in that car? But uh, that's, uh, you know, conjecture or gossip and definitely not confirmed. Would that be another situation where they're dumping salary? Like uh, Denny makes too much, so let's put this other guy in there? Because that's what I felt like happened to Kenseth. Yeah, what happened to Kenseth? Uh, you know, Carl Edwards, probably the same thing. You know, if you can go from paying somebody $20 million a year to paying somebody a billion dollars a year, uh, you know, and, you know, have them be that year as a development driver, uh, so be it. Yeah. Uh, Probably happened to Casey Kane, too. Uh, you know, that was another thing. Uh, Casey Kane might be out, and I might put Christopher Bell in that car with backing from Toyota. Wow. Nelson, let's get our picks in before the time gets away from us. Who you like this week? I think I'll take Bad Brad this week. Brad Keselowski, okay. You can have him. <laughs> Gene, what do you think? I believe I'll go with Boyer again. I'm just going to stick with Boyer until he wins one, I think. Well, he will eventually. Greg? Where'd Woods qualify? They haven't qualified yet. Oh, they haven't qualified at all? No. I'm going with Menard. Okay. Menard and uh, Ronnie, what do you think? I'll go back to the number four. He's going out on that limb again, and I am going out of limb. That's really going out of limb. Yeah, picking Harvick. I guess I'll go with. Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Y'all criticizing me? How many wins do y'all have? Uh, none. None. How many wins do I have? You've got four. Four. Thank you. Okay, and uh, I will. Uh, well, I'm the one. I think Chase Elliott's going to win one of these days, so I'll go with him uh, for Hannah Nelson. You. Uh, uh, you take care of yourself this week, and uh, we appreciate you coming on the show. And you're getting great with the updates and telling us what's going on. You're just uh, you're adding more to the show now with your uh, recap of uh, everything that happened during the week. I appreciate that. That was that was great. Okay, very good. And uh, next week we up Irish Hills of Michigan. Irish Hills of Michigan. We'll be there. Talk to you next week, Nelson. Okay, sounds good. Thank you. That's Nelson Crozier. I tell you what, that was, he updated us on everything there. I thought that was wonderful. He, he already had the answers to the questions <laughs> I was thinking about asking. <laughs> he did a good job with that. Yeah, Nelson's best. I wanted to touch on a few things here. I always print this stuff out, except last week when I didn't have any ink, but I just wanted to touch on a few things here. The, uh, of course, today is the, the Zippo 300. That's uh, coming on at 3 o'clock. That's the Xfinity race at Watkins Glen. Christopher Bell will be going for his uh, third race in a row. And we know that Jeremy Clements runs good on the road courses. Uh, it's a Road America. Uh, but this isn't Road America. This is Watkins Glen. And Jeremy's sitting 17th in the points. So he's in uh, he's in striking distance of getting in there because um, I think the, the Xfinity cars take the top uh I think they take the top 12. It's the cup cars that take the top 16. So uh, he's got a little ways to go, but he's he's in the picture. And if he can win on a road course, of course, he'll be in. Tomorrow at 2.30, they come on the air with a go bowling 
at the Glen for the um, ex, for the the Cup cars, and that's uh, that will be on NBC. That won't be on NBCSN or anything. That's on the main network, and of course with the points there, um, it looks like it's going to come down to the the playoff with. Um, Kyle Bush and Harvick and Truex, and everybody else is just going to have to scramble to to stay close. Alex Bowman right now is the last guy in, as is Jimmy Johnson and Chase Elliott. So the last three cars in right now are the, are Hendrick cars, and they're good cars, and they're they're the last ones in. So it's pretty competitive out there. Yeah, and well, last week uh, you know Alex Bowman finished third, and and uh, Suarez was um, second. So they had they had real good races. Their best. Their best finishes ever, as did uh, William Byron, who, of course, took Jeff Gordon's place, and he finished sixth. Um, the trucks are off this week. They will be at Michigan next week, and they will have, um, of course, the preliminary race to the to the cup, to the cup cars. And I'm, as I'm looking at this here, uh, the uh, points in the trucks is Johnny Sauter's leading that over Craig Noah Cragson. With Grant Enfinger third, Stuart Friesen fourth, and Brett Moffat fifth. So those are some names um, you probably aren't very familiar with, except for Sauter. But there, uh, there's where the the talent's coming from. That's you know on the way up to uh, um, Cup someday. On the Grand Prix side, uh, they are off for a month. A they month. Don't, well, they, probably takes them that, that long to get where they're going at. <laughs> well, well, they they do pretty good about that, getting from one country to the next. But I think every year during the, the summer months, uh, they take a long break, just sort of like uh, to gear up for the for the big push to the end of the season. They don't race again until August twenty sixth at Spa, which is in Belgium for the Belgian Grand Prix. Spa Francisco or something like that. Uh, Spa Francorchamps. Francorchamps. Yeah, close. You were in the ballpark with it. And I get, noticed I got written here how to pronounce uh, Roman Groschan's name, which is the uh, drives the American uh, Ferrari for Haas. He is currently 14th in the standings, and Kevin Magnuson, and the other one is 8th. Excuse me, but Lewis Hamilton is the point leader, and he's got a 24-point lead over Sebastian Vettel. So he's got a... He's got a pretty big uh, margin there. And finally, the Indy guys are off this week, and they'll be back uh, on the 19th at Pocono for the 500, which is... You think the stock cars are fast going around Pocono. Wait till you see these Indy guys next Ooh. week. That's uh, Or actually in two weeks. Uh, so that's uh, that's what's going on uh, with the Indy cars. Uh, the race last week was at Mid-Ohio and Alexander Rossi. Brake checked them at the start, which was kind of a... Kind of a dirty trick, but he ended up leading uh, almost all the way to get the win over Robert Wickens and uh, Will Power. Scott Dixon's still the point champion, uh, point leader with Alexander Rossi. So uh, that's what's going on elsewhere. We want to tell you to uh, pick up the Spartanburg Herald Journal in the morning and read Murphy's Law. You've got your um, bi-monthly article coming out tomorrow, and uh, Gene's our... Uh, our uh, local expert, and he will have all the, the latest in his article tomorrow, and we look forward to reading that, Gene. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'll catch up a little bit, what's going on, uh, what's been happening a little bit on the on the dirt scene. Uh, and uh, I'm headed to Lancaster Speedway tonight to, uh, for the Carolina Clash Series, so looking forward to that. 
And Greg, what you got going on? Well, we're going to have. Uh, uh, first of all, we're going to have a good. We're going to have a have, have have a real good one, but we're also going to have a real good local one. Uh, we're going to we're going to have uh, uh, Ernest Smith come in for just a few minutes, and he's in the middle of doing things and had a good run last week and tore the motor up or the, no, the clutch come out of the car. He brought us some nice pictures of his cars. The, yeah. the Henry J with uh, Fox Sports Spartanburg as uh, the sponsor right on the back of it. And uh, we appreciate Ernie, and we'll be glad to give him a little air time next yeah. week. He's going to be on air a little while, and, and we're working on two or three ones that we never have had before. But you've heard of them before. Okay. Well, you get us a good one next week, and we will... Uh, uh, expect to have everybody back with us next Saturday, next Saturday morning for the latest in racing news. And uh, Greg will get us a good interview. So appreciate you listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Keep it between the fences. You've been listening to Start Your Engines. Tune in each Saturday morning at 10 during the season for the very latest in auto racing news, interviews, and guests from around the sport. To find out more or order Perry Allen Woods books on motorsports, visit McFarlandBooks.com. Start Your Engines has been a presentation of Fox Sports Spartanburg, LLC. All rights reserved.